Okay. Steve Wiltfong from 24-7 Sports has just dropped a crystal ball for quarterback Judd Anderson to the U. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday. I'm Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. So I mentioned quarterback has been crystal balled to the University of Miami. Steve Wiltfong from 27, 24-7 Sports is the one who dropped that. And we joke around on the show. We refer to Wiltfong as the Grim Reaper because if he crystal balls a player to somewhere other than your school, that's a wrap. Uh, in this case, I guess it works in Miami's favor because he has put in a crystal ball prediction with a 6 out of 10 certainty that Judd Anderson, three-star quarterback out of Jones County High School in Georgia, is going to pick the University of Miami. He has been offered. He was offered officially by Miami early in the month of March. And the timing on this prediction makes a lot of sense because Anderson has spent the last couple of days in Coral Gables visiting the University of Miami. So clearly, Fong has heard a lot of positive feedback about the time that Anderson has had at the U and good feedback from the meetings and conversations he's had with Shannon Dawson, Miami's offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach and Mario Cristobal. And clearly Anderson is enjoying what he's seeing at the university of Miami. In fact, uh, I saw Anderson at practice yesterday. I was out of practice on Thursday. I was looking for some recruits. He was one of the ones I was looking for. Now Anderson is not easy to miss. Okay. Because at six foot six, he towers over just about anybody out there, okay? He stands out like a sore thumb. Uh, really nice young man. And, yeah, there's been growing buzz here, and the crystal ball would seem to indicate that. Ob obviously, nothing's official because he hasn't made a verbal commitment, and, of course, he hasn't signed because you can't do that until December of this year. But, of course, there's growing buzz that Anderson could be Miami's top quarterback target now if – the Hurricanes miss out on Air Noland on Saturday. Uh, but here's the thing. Um, this one, and we'll talk about it a little bit more later on in this episode, the two of them might not even be dependent on one another because Miami wants to take multiple quarterbacks in this class. I don't think it's like a this or that type of thing. I know a lot of people interpret it that way. In fact, I've seen a lot of negative reactions on Kane's Twitter to Anderson being crystal balled to Miami. They're like, ah, we're not getting Noland now. Or some people even think Wilt Fong is intentionally trying to hurt Miami by predicting Anderson to Miami. They think Wilt Fong is pushing Noland away from Miami and towards Ohio State. I really don't think Aaron Noland cares <laughs> where any other quarterback is being predicted to land. Uh, and keep in mind, Miami does want two quarterbacks in this class. So I don't want anyone slandering Judd Anderson because you think Anderson is going to cost us Noland. I'm not saying Miami's getting Aaron Noland. I just don't think the two of these things are dependent on one another. Uh, now, elsewhere in the quarterback landscape, 
there seems to be a growing buzz uh, that Luke Moga is trending more towards Oregon than he is to Miami at this point. So I wonder what's happening behind the scenes there. And, you know, if Miami were to lose out on Noland, maybe would they push harder at Moga and try to get Moga and Anderson both in this class? I also, you guys know, I'm a big fan of A.J. Hairston out of Monarch High School in Broward. I hope he winds up at Miami, whether he's, you know, second uh, quarterback or first quarterback or whatever. I really want him to get to Miami. Uh, so, you know, here's the thing uh, with Anderson. It, it's not too surprising that Miami is trending for him because the Hurricanes have really made Judd Anderson feel like a priority. They've been recruiting him very hard very early on uh, because, you know, he's a guy who gets a lot of attention also as a basketball player. He wants to play football. He wants to focus on football at the next level. But I think Miami's been ahead of a lot of other schools in recruiting him and making him feel like a priority. It reminds me a little bit of Emory Williams last year. Miami was really one of the first to push hard with Emory. And then once Miami had offered him, then other schools started to take notice. Miami was ahead of the game last year with Emory Williams. I think Miami's very much been ahead of the game this year with Judd Anderson, that they've identified his talent and his potential before a lot of other schools have taken notice and realize how good he is. Now, Judd Anderson, ha he's very intrigued by Shannon Dawson's offense. He said this to 24-7 Sports, quote, they're going to throw it. They're going to definitely throw it and get it out there and let those speed guys go get it. I love that. That offensive line is huge, he says. They're going to be on the rise. No kidding. Uh, it's easy to see what Miami is building in the trenches when you look at guys like Francis Mauingoa and Samson Okunlola and Jalen Rivers and Inez Cooper, who's the size of three people. I mean, he's so big. Uh, Anderson also, he enjoyed the energy at practice on Thursday. That's been something that stood out to me as well, that, you know, the Hurricanes have great pace and energy at practice. Miami practice is very fast and the coaches are very energetic and vocal. Like I try to, whenever I'm out of practice, I like to send out little video clips of the coaches Kevin Beard, he's my favorite to watch. He's always very, I mean, he wears cleats to practice. That says it all. He wears cleats. He runs as much as his players do. If you guys saw the interview we posted on our YouTube channel with Jason Taylor, defensive line coach after practice, he was covered in sweat. I mean, that's the sort of effort and intensity the Hurricanes coaches put in. And I really, really enjoy watching it. Uh, so Anderson, I've watched a lot of his, uh, of his tape and his huddle reels over the last couple of weeks. You know, I think maybe you could say just because of his background, he's a bit more of a project than some of the other top quarterbacks in the class, but I would feel very comfortable with Anderson being, um, a hurricanes commit in this 2024 class. Again, I know some of you are like, oh, we shouldn't be settling, uh, you know, Miami wants to take two, and trust me, if you go down a Judd Anderson rabbit hole like I have, and I know our listener Chalupa Batman has been watching a lot of his film over the last couple of days, you go down that Judd Anderson rabbit hole, you start watching his film and his highlight reels, you're not going to be sorry that you went down that rabbit hole. So, like, his throwing mechanics probably aren't perfect, but Anderson has an incredibly strong arm. Like, there's no throw he cannot make. And that's always a great place to start. Strong arm. And from what I can tell, the arm looks pretty accurate. I don't see him missing a lot of deep throws. And you cannot teach his height or his size. Like, you cannot teach the fact that Judd Anderson is six foot six and probably still growing at 17 years old. 
right? There are other quarterbacks that I like in this 2024 class. One of them being Michael Van Buren, who's very dynamic for a number of different reasons. But one thing that Van Buren does not have, he doesn't have Judd Anderson height. Van Buren is just under six feet tall. Anderson is towering over everybody. Like he's going to have no problem seeing over some of Miami's very big, tall offensive linemen like the pancake honcho. He's not going to have any problem seeing over his line. You know, he is, he is right-handed. I know one of the things that people wonder about with Aaron Nolan is left-handed quarterbacks. Does that always work out? Uh, you know, he's right-handed, uh, was a basketball star in high school. So he's got the quickness and athleticism to go with his size. He's not a statue, right? He's a big, tall, heavy guy but he's not a statue. He moves very quickly in the pocket. Uh, some of you get mad when I bring up this comparison, but at this stage of his development, he reminds me coming out of high school a little bit of Justin Herbert. He's got some of those similar characteristics. I'm not saying he'll ever be as good like in the NFL as Justin Herbert is, but let's not forget Mario Cristobal had Justin Herbert in Oregon. He may look at Judd Anderson and say, this could be my next Herbert. This could be my next Justin Herbert. And that may be one of the reasons why Mario Cristobal likes him so much. So we'll talk a little bit more when we come back about some of the other quarterbacks in the landscape, including a question I keep getting over the last couple of days. And the answer is evolving a little bit. Is Miami dead in the water for Air Noland? He's a day away from announcing his commitment. Does Miami have a chance? I'll give you the Lloyd Christmas so you're telling me there's a chance. Keep it locked right here to Locked On Canes. And I hope you're keeping it locked to FanDuel because the NBA playoffs are almost here. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So you have nothing to lose on that first bet. If you lose your first bet, they give you the money right back in free play money. Nothing to lose. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers to threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. I love that. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. We are part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And guys, make sure I'm going to include a link in the show description. You sign up for the free Locked On NFL Draft Buzz newsletter. Uh, you know, if you're a Canes fan, you want to know what's going on with Tyreek Stevenson, what's going on with Will Mallory heading into the draft. If you're a pro football fan, I'm a Dolphins fan. You want to know the draft buzz for who the Dolphins might take free newsletter. Uh, and they work very, very hard on this. The team at Locked On NFL Draft will include the link to the Locked On NFL Draft Buzz newsletter, courtesy of the Locked On Network. So another recruiting note. Yeah, I looked for Judd Anderson yesterday at practice. Another guy that I, I kind of found him by accident yesterday because I saw like a really tall looking player. I'm like, oh, that must be one of the recruits out here. Then I looked at his name tag. I'm like, oh, I want to talk to this guy. Four-star tight end out of Carrollton, Georgia, Caleb Odom, was at Miami practice yesterday. And I got a chance to talk with Caleb a little bit. Super nice guy. He was telling me, uh, I saw him on Thursday. He got into Miami on Wednesday you know, I, I guess looked around town, looked around the campus, spent the day at practice on Thursday. 
and he loved what I saw, what he saw. He loves the area. Uh, I'm not sure if he'd ever been down to South Florida before, but he certainly enjoyed what he saw down here. And Miami's tight end coach, Cody Wood, Cody Woodell, has been recruiting Caleb Odom hard. He told me he was loving the campus. He loved the energy of the team. He enjoyed watching practice. Uh, so I think Miami, um, you know, I'm not going to call Miami a favorite here for Caleb Odom. You know, I, I don't know exactly how much momentum Miami has coming out of that visit, but he did admit that Miami is rising up his list, okay? That I think that his visit over the last couple of days is going to probably improve Miami's standing in his mind. Uh, you know, he's recently been considered trending to Ole Miss, this player. Uh, he's being heavily pursued by other schools in the SEC as well. Georgia, Florida, Tennessee are also in the mix for him. Caleb Odom, he's listed at six foot five. And believe me, he is every inch of that. I know sometimes, like, you'll see a player listed at a certain height, then you meet him in person. You're like, oh, it's maybe six, two, six, three. When, when I, I walked up to Odom and I even asked him, how tall are you? Because I was like, I thought he was six foot six. He told me he's six five. I'm like, all right, you are certainly every bit of that, sir. Uh, so that that was nice seeing him out there. Uh, so he did say that uh, he wants to lock in. He was telling this to uh, either 24 seven or on three. He wants to lock in an official visit to Miami because his visit this week was unofficial. He wants to come back with his mom. That's always a good sign because you know, usually these players don't make a final decision unless their parents have also seen the school and the campus. Maybe some parents are like, just go wherever you want to. But usually the parents have to sign off on any decision these players make. So him wanting to bring mom back is a good point. It's a good uh, it's a good sign, I should say. Uh, so he wants to make an unofficial visit to Miami. The only official that he currently has planned is to Colorado in June. So he's got four other official visits he can lock in. Hopefully Miami ends up being one of those. So, you know, it's interesting watching Caleb Odom because I went down a rabbit hole for him as well. And, of course, his six foot five size makes him a mismatch and a weapon against defensive backs. It was interesting, though, watching some of his uh, junior high school highlights because he's being recruited and listed as a tight end but he was pretty much always lined up wide as a jumbo receiver um he's got tremendous speed um i i saw him blocking well downfield so you know hopefully his blocking acumen can translate well to the tight end position because you want your tight ends to be able to block at least a little bit so you know if coach woodell and coach cristobal like him i like him and i certainly liked watching his film so that was another player uh, who visited Miami, Caleb Odom, this week. There were other visitors, but Odom and Anderson were a couple of guys I made sure to meet yesterday. I also want to open up this episode to some Q&A. We got some awesome questions on our show's uh, SMS texting platform from Subtext. We got some awesome questions through our subscribers on Subtext. We got some awesome questions through Twitter as well. So let me get to a question here from Todd on our Subtext chat. He says, hey, Dono, is there anything new on Air Noland? I still get the feeling he's coming to the U. So, okay. Um, Midweek, there has been a little bit of buzz that Miami has been pushing really, really hard with Noland, right? Miami doesn't give up, okay? Because we told you this on this show on Monday. Um, I was given some information coming out of Nolan's unofficial visit to Ohio State last weekend where Ohio State officially extended him an offer. Um, he's going to be making his verbal commitment tomorrow on Saturday. 
And I was basically told on Monday that it's just about a wrap in favor of Ohio State, right? But as we always learn in recruiting, things can change in the days and even the hours leading up to a verbal commitment and even after a verbal commitment, if we're being real here. So um, it sounds like Miami is making a strong push that they are not giving up. I know Texas A&M is not giving up as well. And if you read some of the Aggies blogs, they think they're very much in it for Nolan. So um, I'm treading lightly with this one, right? I, I still, just based on the information I've gotten over the last few days, I probably still favor Ohio State. But if that was at like 95% earlier this week, it's at like 65 70% for Ohio State now. I don't think Miami has given up, and I keep my fingers crossed that in the hours and the next day that lead up, leads up to his announcement that the Hurricanes can gain some momentum. And, again, we had this conversation when we were talking about Judd Anderson. Um, Miami would like to take two quarterbacks, and I don't think Aaron Noland really cares where Judd Anderson decides to go or if other quarterbacks decide to go to Ohio State or Texas A&M. He's going to make the decision that he feels is best for him. He views himself as the alpha. He will be the number one quarterback in whatever class he winds up in. So I don't think whatever Judd decides to do is going to have any impact on what Aaron Noland decides to do. So we'll see how that plays out on Saturday. So um, I don't think Miami is completely dead in the water. And then also, listen, keep in mind, to be fair, and this goes for Miami, Texas A&M, for anybody. Even if Nolan does pick Ohio State on Saturday, other schools are not just going to give up, right? Because it's April right now, and you can't sign a national letter of intent until December. I'm terrible at math. I don't know how many months that is. Is that eight, not eight months, nine months, seven months? You got a lot of months left to keep pushing for a player's signature. So Miami wouldn't give up. AM wouldn't give up. And if he does pick Miami tomorrow, Ohio State will not give up. So his recruitment is going to continue. I think it is worth noting that if you follow the Twitter trail from Jeremiah Smith, five-star receiver, who's an Ohio State verbal commit, Jeremiah is dropping some not-so-subtle hints on his Twitter that something big is coming to Ohio State the next couple of days. So that makes you feel like Jeremiah is thinking Nolan is going to pick OSU. So it's worth pointing that out. Uh, but, you know, I'm definitely going to go into his announcement tomorrow with an open mind, and I'm going to watch at 8.45 p.m. He's going to do it on the 24-7 Sports YouTube stream. So I will be watching that with bated breath tomorrow to see what Nolan decides to do. Uh, Todd also asked this question, is there any update on Trevante Citizen's recovery? Um, honestly, No. Um, I, I'm not expecting to see Trevante until fall camp, and hopefully he's you know ready in time to be a full go by August for Kane's fall camp. Uh, maybe last couple of days of July, early August is when that's going to start. Uh, you guys remember Trevante suffered a torn ACL very, very late in fall camp last year, missed the entire season in 2022. He's still from what I understand, recovering from that ACL surgery. So I, I don't exactly know how he's doing because I haven't seen him. Like I saw a couple weeks ago, I saw Elijah Arroyo around campus who also had ACL surgery. He was moving around really, really well, uh, which makes me optimistic about his recovery. I, I haven't seen citizens, so I cannot speak for him, but hopefully he's good to go for fall camp. We're not going to see him at any point in spring football. Uh, get this question about the culture. He says, hey, in your opinion, how different is the locker room compared to last year and the players' attitude in general? 
Um, you know, I know that sometimes we get very enthusiastic about what's going on in spring, right? People joke around about, up oh, the green tree, all Americans are back. Everyone looks great. Miami's going to win 12 games. Everything's perfect. My real answer to you is way too soon. Way too soon for me to tell you what the state of the culture in the locker room is. Um, I think just based on the way Miami has been practicing, uh, again, very fast, very energetic, based on what the players are saying and the coaches are saying after practice, uh, I, I think that if I read between the lines, a lot of the players from last year who maybe weren't fully bought in with the new coach and the new coaches um, who have decided to take their talents elsewhere, that, you know, removing some of these players from the equation, it leaves you with guys who are bought in and want to be here and want to compete for these coaches and who fit with this coach and these coaches. And obviously I think Miami did a bang up job recruiting in the class of 2023. Cause you bring in monsters, you know, like uh, the two five-star offensive linemen, you bring in a guy like Caleb Spencer, who's out there competing and Robbie Washington and Bobby Washington and Ray, Ray Joseph and Ruben freaking Bain. Who's probably, uh, you know, it's hard. I, it's gotta be between, it's got to be between Francis Mauingoa and Ruben Bain. It's got to be between those two guys for who's been the most impressive early enrollee freshman in spring football because the two of them have been turning heads left and right. Jason Taylor can't stop saying nice things about Ruben Bain, said he is as advertised when JT spoke to the media yesterday. So, listen, I, I'd like to think that things are improving, but here's the second side of it. There's not really any adversity in spring practice, right? You got to see how this group responds to adversity, right? Like if, if for whatever reason, the spring game doesn't go very well, how do they respond to that? If they, you know, if they lose a couple of tough games in the fall, when the season starts, how do they respond from that? Because when they faced adversity last year, a lot of those guys last year folded. Are they going to fold this year? We're not really going to know until some adversity strikes. All right. We got, ooh, we got a good question, a couple we're going to get to on the other side as to what I would say is the best position group on the team and <laughs> can uh, can Mario Cristobal steal any of Jim Laranega's players? You want to keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Make sure you make Locked on College Basketball your second listen. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court, plus hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball, available just like our show on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Get this question from Alex on Twitter who says, what would you say is the best position group on the team? I'm going to go with my gut on this one. When I read that question, first group that just poofed into my mind is the offensive line. <laughs> I mean who, by the way, were, were terrible last year. Like, the offensive line had no depth last year, and when Zion Nelson went down and when a bunch of other guys, the Ja'Kai Clarks, were in and out of the lineup, uh, they just, you know, that, that group just imploded. Um, I don't think they're going to implode this year because they've got more talent and more depth on the offensive line. I think the offensive line is the, is the best overall and deepest position group on that football team. I talked about the incoming freshman, Pancake Concho, who is probably your, your second team left tackle at this moment and could probably get in on a rotational basis and play quite a bit this year. Francis Mauingoa is your starting right tackle at this moment and 
he doesn't play like an incoming freshman. He plays like a junior. Like he's already got that sort of vision. He sees everything on the field and he's got the physical tools to go along with that. You've brought in two high level, if not elite starters through the transfer portal. You can't tell me JV on Cohen based on his blocking grades the last couple of years. You can't tell me he's not elite coming out of the Alabama Crimson Tide. The guy hasn't been credited giving up a single sack the last three years in college football. And we've had a chance to talk to JV on Cohen. And this dude is oozing with leadership, right? He really, uh, he says all the right things. He holds his teammates accountable. And I can say the same things about Matt Lee. Matt Lee, the center out of UCF, he's going to be your starting center, no question about it this year. Very experienced. Another guy who's a really vocal leader, holds his teammates accountable, communicates really well. That's one of the things you notice, you know, when you watch these old linemen at practice. Um, you know, Matt Lee, I know he's the new kid in town. He wasn't on the team last year. He comes down from former national champion program, UCF. Uh, but, you know, you would think he's known his teammates for five or six years, the way he communicates with his O-line teammates and his quarterbacks. He and Tyler Van Dyke, I think, are already developing a lot of chemistry. And Jalen Rivers is going to be one of the one of the better offensive linemen in the ACC. I don't question that. Inez Cooper is just a beast. Um, and, you know, you've got better depth, I think, this year. So I'm going to say the offensive line is the best position group on this team. Overall, most talented and overall the deepest. All right. Get a question from Bert. Bert says, hey, Alex, Jimmy Graham enjoyed success at the U in both football and basketball. We have a lot of talent in the tight end room. Any thoughts on Norchad Omir working with the team or any potential tight ends playing for Coach L? So um, here's the thing. I don't think you can really you can't really do both. Right. Like, it, you know, there's certain things like you can run track and play on the football team, which is what Christopher Johnson is going to do. Um, but you can't like you can't do both in the same year, football and basketball. Uh, so when Jimmy Graham did it, the, the year Jimmy Graham converted to the football team when he was a senior and obviously, you know, was good enough to become one of the better NFL tight ends of his generation. But the year that Jimmy switched to football, he didn't play basketball that year. He left the basketball team to officially transition to the football team. So Nor Norchad is not going to do both next season. Like he's not going to. So he's he's going to play basketball. However, I will say that if. Coach Cristobal could pluck anyone from that hoops team to play on the football team. Omir far and away the top choice and the natural choice because, you know, six foot seven jumps out of the gym, incredible ball skills. Uh, you know, he, he could, he could be Jimmy Graham. Like if he wanted to, he could make the same transition that Jimmy Graham made. But from what I could tell Norchad is, is very happy playing basketball as far as uh, football players switching to basketball, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. It would probably have to be one of the tight ends or, you know, Colby Young. He's six foot five. He could probably play small forward. I don't, I don't know how well he hoops, but he's an athletic guy. He probably he could, he's a lot better basketball than I am, I'm sure. Um, and I think I, I want to say Riley Williams has uh, has some basketball background the tight end uh, i think J jackson carver didn't didn't jackson carver play like lacrosse and hockey uh so maybe he can hoop as well but yeah i mean it, it would be either you would want norchad to play tight end or you could probably send one of those miami tight ends over to the basketball team but i think everyone's pretty happy where they are right now uh thank you guys so much for making locked on canes your first listen today 
Uh, if you guys want to support the show, there's a number of different ways to do that. Support our awesome sponsors like FanDuel Sportsbook, Built Bar. Be like our listener, Al, who's like he lives at the Sam's Club, basically, because he's there every day picking up a box of Built Bars. Built Bars are so awesome. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit that like button, hit the thumbs up, subscribe to our channel. If you listen to the audio version, Make sure you subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and a five-star review if you have a couple of extra minutes to do so. And if you want to be in basically constant communication with us, you want to join our new subtext texting platform. Uh, it's completely free for the first 14 days. And then if you want to hang around, it's $4.99 a month. We give you value in return, right? If you want to, you know, support the show, we don't use super chats and I don't give you guys my Venmo information or anything like that. But if you do want to, you know, if you do want to support the show financially, we'll give you something of value in return. If you join our subtext texting platform, I will include the link in the show description below. I give you guys one-on-one -on -one chat conversations with me you can text me on there anytime you want to and i give you guys updates on what's happening in practice i give you some opinions of mine recruiting updates breaking news items you'll get stuff there before i even get the chance to talk about it on the show so i think the subtext chat i'm having a lot of fun with that it's been operational for about a week now so thank you guys so much we'll talk to you next time on another episode of locked on canes part of the awesome locked on podcast network your team every day